Welcome to the Agency Collective Tales with Ellie Hale, our podcast where we talk to our brilliant agency owners about all things agency life. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Ria Averill from Agency A. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. You're so welcome. So first off, like we always do with the Agency Collective Tales, can you just tell me a little bit about what life was like for you before you started your agency and then what prompted you to start Agency A? So I moved to London for university. I did a business and marketing degree. And when I was at university, I started a blog because I wanted to document student-friendly places in London that people could enjoy and experience. So I started that blog on Instagram and visited like new and exciting restaurants, sites and activities in London. Grew the Instagram to about 3,000, 4,000 followers. And then ended up working at an agency because I really liked the influencer marketing side of the industry. And equally, that was some exciting experience for me. And at that time, influencer marketing still felt like quite a gifted, exciting experience. It wasn't as big, bold and brave as it is now. So I had that blog. I then worked at another agency and worked there for a number of years, managing the execution teams. And then at the beginning of the pandemic, saw an opportunity to start my own agency because I had built some great relationships and was really keen to just do something for myself, really. So set up Agency A with a brilliant business partner who had been a mentor for me for a number of months. My previous experience was rooted in hospitality, but then we had to pivot a little bit because of the challenges that were in front of us. And since then, we've just grown the agency over the last couple of years. It's been fun, but difficult, I'm sure, as it has been for many. And now just looking forward and feeling positive. Amazing. So Agency A at the moment, is it still strictly influencer marketing? Do you have other facets as well? We see our sweet spot as anything social first, like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. And we also do some consulting and training as well. So where we've worked with brands and helped their in-house teams with best practice. That's magic. What do you think it was that gave you the incentive or the bravery to think, sod it, I'm going to start my own agency? Because it would have been really easy for you to just work your way up in someone else's agency and forge your career that way. But what was it that made you think, no, I'm going to be my own boss? I think I've always felt quite entrepreneurial since I've been little. I always was watching The Apprentice or I set up a couple of little businesses when I was in my teens. I used to sell jewellery at school fairs. And so I always wanted to run my own business. I guess I had never planned to do it in my mid-20s. I might have waited a bit longer. But I felt at the time in June 2020 when I set up Agency A, I felt I had enough experience, enough contacts. And I had a great business partner who complemented things that I wasn't good at. So we felt like it was a good time to do it. And it was actually my mum that said to me, well, you can either go and do this for someone else or you can do it for yourself. So I made that decision. So if your background had really been carved out in the hospitality industry, how did you then pivot with the challenges that obviously we faced with lockdown and COVID and people slashing marketing budgets left, right and centre? How did that affect you cutting your teeth in? Honestly, that was quite hard. I found it extremely difficult, especially because things were changing all of the time. And I think brands, at least from my experience, they didn't really know what to do. At one moment, they'd be like, let's just go heavy. Let's keep shouting about our USPs and brand values. And then the next minute, they'd be like, okay, let's cut stuff. Let's not do anything. We need to be sensitive to what's going on around us. So I found that incredibly difficult. But I think my key learnings would be educating people around the value of retaining social media as part of your marketing mix. And it was fortunate because obviously we were all at home. So there was an increased amount of people online. 
So there was a lot of opportunity to demonstrate that that's where brands audiences were. So I think it was an education piece, finding our offering. The previous agency that I worked at was more full-scale digital, and I was quite keen to be more streamlined, more niche, because I think let's just do what we do really well and then lean on other brilliant agencies to feed into other things if that's appropriate. And then equally, I think... Just keeping on top of trends and keep learning, I think, would probably be a good one as well. Like not feeling potentially stagnant, but it was very difficult. And to answer your question about how we operationally pivoted between doing hospitality and then working with other brands, it was demonstrating subject knowledge and then also demonstrating that the skills that we had in those industries were applicable across others. We started working with a luxury furniture brand who I remember there was some nervousness about working with us because they did say all of your previous experience has been with food and bath. How are you going to translate this to outdoor furniture? And we went from an experience angle. We were like, we're great at showcasing experience. So let's just take that that we do really well and showcase that with your brand. And actually it's worked really well. And we're just about to go into our third year working with them. So that was a great learning for me. It must have been an absolute baptism of fire for you. So I imagine what you learned those first six months, year of running your agency, had it not been in such a chaotic landscape for everybody, maybe it would have taken you longer to learn those lessons, do you think? Yeah, I think so. That's a nice way to put it, like grateful for the fact that it was fast track. And then equally, I've thought recently about the fact, you know, the last couple of years of running have been during difficult economic times, difficult times for people in general. Hopefully now the more fun elements of running the business will come into play. How do you educate clients with the cost of living crisis and there's a recession coming? How do you educate your clients that actually cutting marketing is probably the worst thing that you can do? Because I was always struck by Christmas 2020 and the adverts and how you could absolutely tell who had ditched their marketing teams, yeah. who yeah. was on furlough and who had kept investing. I think it was quite evident. So how do you best educate your clients on that? at least with the existing clients we're working with, I feel quite fortunate in the fact that we don't have to reiterate or demonstrate the value. They get that entirely. I think the budget issues are probably around the fact that they'd like to spend, but they can't spend. So I think it's probably around, again, educating them. Okay, fine. If we've got this budget, should we spend it slightly differently for the next six, 12 months or what's going to help us during this time? And then equally being quite adaptable because I think potentially if a client's sat with a proposal from an agency that says, okay, here's our budget for the next three months, they might look at it and think, well, okay, I don't really know what's going to happen for the business in the next three months. But I think if you present yourself as quite an adaptable, collaborative partner that is there for the good days, the bad days, and equally can chop and change and make messaging really sensitive or really exciting or really showcasing escapism, I think it's just showing them that you're not just going to look at something through one lens. You're very aware of the fact that A, any spend for them is going to feel like a big investment and B, that you'll spend it like it were your own money. You're happy to chop and change because we're all in this situation together. And it's a really good question. Actually, we had that team brainstorm this morning. We've got one of our brands. We're doing some quarterly planning for them for Christmas. And we're talking about, do we make the creative really elaborate, exciting with loads of props? Or do we make it a bit more stripped back to be a bit more sensitive to the fact that there's a lot on around us around cost of living it's so hard isn't it around christmas but i think christmas will always be that extravagant fantastical time to dream and aspire i think i hope so anyway hope it still stays that way how have you found being a manager to a team and how has that learning and role developed over the past three years 
a steep learning curve, especially because I'm early in my career. And I do think if you look at management on paper, it sounds like you have quite a rigid set of responsibilities. But I'd like to think that I'm quite intuitive and quite empathetic. And that has lent me quite well to looking after my team, potentially sometimes maybe too empathetic. I'm not sure. In some people's opinion, I'm not sure. But I found it challenging being remote and in the office because you can't have that easiness of the day to day and seeing someone the next day and having that rapid comms. And equally, I've got some good learnings around managing lots of different personalities, particularly in the creative role, because I think one of the biggest things I've learned is the fact that in our personal lives, no one person's the same, but it's totally applicable to managing teams as well. You need to adapt your approach based on the person in front of you. It's been one of the most exciting or valuable things I've learned over the last couple of years has just been how to manage a team, how to look after a team and how to get the most out of the brilliant people that you hire, because otherwise, why would you hire them? So what have been some of the most exciting client projects that you've worked on? What are the ones that really jump out at you as being the landmark ones where you could see your progress as your agency was growing? We're working with a luxury furniture brand called Moda Furnishings, and they are a premium outdoor rattan retailer. That's been a really exciting project for us because it's been the most physically demanding project we've done. So like I mentioned, my previous experience was working in hospitality or food and beverage, where you'd either go on location to a shoot or you'd be working with food products in a kitchen to then have to manage big furniture sets on site and on shoots has been an exciting challenge. And we've done a couple of trips away to go and shoot in really beautiful locations. So that's been really exciting, both at the time and then also looking at the creative work that we've done after. Really, really enjoyed that. And then equally, most recently, one of our clients did a food truck event on London South Bank. They gave out a thousand free plant-based burgers and we did the social media coverage for that. I was so excited about it before, so excited during the day because it was the most physical activity we'd done with that brand, especially because we'd been working with them during the pandemic. So it was really exciting to be outside with people trying their products and feel that buzz, especially in central London. So that's been great. And then one other one that has felt more personal to me is that we did a bit of pro bono work during the pandemic as an agency. And in December, not during lockdown, we did a project for SmartWorks Women's Charity with another agency that we partnered with. We helped them create a promotional video for a fundraising campaign, which went live in January. And that was a really proud moment for me because it just felt really good to be able to give back in a skills focused way, which I thought was A, really important, but B, really great to be a part of. That's wonderful. As an agency founder is looking at the bigger picture and looking at your corporate responsibility as an agency, is that something that's important to you? Yeah, absolutely. It has throughout all my roles, any job that I've been in prior to agency A. But no, absolutely. I listened to an amazing podcast that was talking about how I can't just continually just take, take, take. And so it's important to give back. And I like us to always gear it towards something quite skills focused because it's training for the team. And often when you go to these charities, they lack resources and rely on a lot of external specialist help. So it's really great to be able to fill that gap. Each of my guys has a day of course to contribute to CSR, but we like to team up and do stuff together. So I think that's hugely important and I would say very easy. I think often people think with small businesses that they kind of lack the time or the resources to do it. But I think if you email probably any marketing team member at a charity, I'm sure they would gladly take a phone call and take any help that they could get. That's really great advice, Ria, because I think there are so many agencies who would like to do more and who would like to help. But I think it's the thought of the organising and actually getting around to doing it probably puts them off a bit more. 
yeah I thought about that as well because I think it would be great if there's like a network of people that can feed in help from others or if you could just contribute four hours if you've got someone whose project has been delayed or they've got some free time that they could just sit and help someone I think that'd be really valuable especially in the next six to nine months because I think there'll be a lot of charities particularly ones around like surplus food and food banks that will definitely need a huge amount of help to increase awareness and get the word out and help a lot of vulnerable people it's definitely something we can look to do or look to try and facilitate. I'll get the team on that, maybe. Got my mind whirring there. What is it that's next for Agency A? What's coming up? What big projects are you working on? What's your goal for 2023? We've just done a bit of a brand refresh. So we'll be launching new logos, new branding, which is looking really good. Looking quite punchy and exciting, in my opinion, at least. And then once that's live, we're also going to launch a B2B service offering. We've just hired a new guy called Gus, who's brilliant. He's going to lead our B2B services at Agency A. So we're really excited to hit the ground running with that and then be able to work with clients both on the B2B and B2C. So that's plans for the next couple of months. Not sure about 2023. That's really exciting. What do you think your key lessons have been so far in your agency journey? I think talking, and I don't mean just walking into the office and just chatting to the team. I did a government course recently called Help to Grow. And I had a mentor on that course called Sebastian. And he helped me with how you structure team one-to-ones or team management. And he recommended that I book two bi-weekly one-to-ones a month versus one hour long one. And just keeping really close-knit communication with the team. And that for me has personally been really invaluable, both for me and then the team have also commented that it's been really helpful as well to have that the frequency of communication, especially in a small team, because it keeps everyone aligned and it keeps everyone engaged. So I'd say talking and transparently talking is really important because if you bring people into a small business, they need to feel motivated and empowered and equally really aligned with where you're going. And so now my approach is I'm just going to be wholly transparent about everything, obviously within reason. But I just think the frequency of talking and communication is really important and getting to know your team on a really personal level as well and understanding what makes them tick because you want them to come to work and enjoy what they're doing. And then I would just say also trusting your gut, which probably sounds a bit corny, but I do think that that's really important when you're running your own business. You have to take scope of all the feedback and ideas around you, but equally trust what you think is going to work. That is brilliant advice, Ria. Thank you so much. It's been great. I've had so much fun. Thanks for being on our podcast and sharing your story. And I can't wait to see what you guys do next. Thanks so much for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe, stay in touch. And if you like what you hear, find out more at theagencycollective.co.uk.